Thanks for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange, visit www.theexchange.cc. Or you can join us for one of our Sunday gatherings each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. Well, today we are continuing with our series that we began last week called Taste and See. Taste and See. And uh, man, if you missed last week, it was a, a powerful and important kickoff to our new year together as a spiritual family where I, I posed some questions to you. We rallied around some truth together. And then ultimately, we were challenged to take um, some spiritual next steps together as a family. And so here's what I want to do um, just real quick as we begin today is uh, I want to give you a quick recap of last week because chances are maybe if you're still traveling or ending uh, your holiday celebration, I want you to be in the know about the foundation of our series uh, because it's important for last week, but also for the building block that we will have today in part two. And so last week, we kind of began by acknowledging that we as a culture, all right, that we kind of live in here in Mississippi, Rankin County, um, we, we know God, all right? We know about God. There's so many of us that have grown up in the Bible Belt Society, and, and we would say we know about God. Perhaps many of you would even say, um, and I have relationship with God. You would point to a moment or a season of your life. You're like, yep, started knowing God then. But my question as we kind of drilled down last week was, um, what does that really mean? Okay, what does that really look like? Like on a Monday to Saturday schedule, what does that look like? And, and, and I, I begin to present to you, I would argue that for most people, many people, knowing about or knowing God or having a relationship with God looks like, man, making it to church, um, at least when it's convenient, owning a Bible or two, right? Not cussing, especially around the kids, going to Sunday school, perhaps vacation Bible school. You did the youth camp thing with your friends. You got some cute Christian t-shirts, all right? You listen to Caleb at least sometimes, all right? You, you signed up for a Sunday school class or a life group, and probably at some point in your life, all right, you prayed a prayer or walked an aisle or signed a card to say that you are saved so that you'll go to heaven one day when you die. And for so many people, perhaps even many people in the room today are listening that's what it has meant for you for years or decades to know God. And my question to us became this. While there are many good, well-meaning things that I just listed, the question that I pose to all of us is this. Don't miss it. Is that all there is? Like, like is, is that it? Is that what God, your creator, and your heavenly Father, is that what he had in mind for you when he says, I want relationship with you? Was, was that it? And the answer is no. And we began looking last week at the reality that so many of us live for that. And we go, I think that's good enough. Right? But God doesn't call us to settle. God wants us to taste and see and experience him. You see the difference in knowing about and experiencing? It's a world of difference. And so last week we began with this verse that became the foundation for our series. All right, I want you to see it and we'll look at another passage in a moment. Psalm 34 verse 8 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. God wants us to not just know about, not just do the church thing, not just check the box, but he says, I want you to taste and see and experience me. Like I'm that 
good. And so this series, these four weeks together, the man I've challenged you to be a part of, okay, is all about this. This is it. Laying that foundation, and then here's what we're doing. We're, we're challenging ourselves to take some next steps, perhaps maybe that some of you never have, so that you might not just know about, but experience God personally in a real and intimate way. And so last week, here's where we began. We said that we can experience God through Scripture, through His Word, the Bible. And so last week, as a part of our time together, we launched what we call, it's a resource we've created called the Life Journal Reading Plan. Here's all it is. It just helps us know God and read His Word. We talked about, man, how the power of God's Word is so real. He tells us that over and over, but yet so many of us don't build our lives on it. All right, we struggle to make it a part of our life. And so last week we launched the Life Journal reading plan. We're going to put up a graphic behind me. If you missed last week, if you're like, man, I want to know what that looks like, okay, pull out your phone. Even while I'm talking to you about this, just text the word Bible, B-I-B-L-E, all right, to the number that you see behind me. And here's what happens with that. You'll get one text message on Sunday afternoon that just tells you about the reading that we're walking through for the week. Here's what it looks like. For some of you, it's going to be just the New Testament. 260 chapters, which means this. You read one chapter five days a week. That's it. You get those two catch-up days, all right? Sometimes we need them catch-up days, okay? It's a good thing, all right? So we read all the way through the New Testament. For some of you this year, we went, hey, let's take it a step deeper if you're ready. And we're reading the whole Bible, which means for you, you're going to read a a decent chunk of Old Testament along with New Testament five days a week. You get your two catch-up days, all right? So we're walking, pursuing God's word together, but don't miss this, all right? Some of you heard about the Life Journal this week. You're like, oh yeah, I got to text in. Listen, here's the, here's the hinge point of last week, is that it would be so easy for you, okay? Maybe you were here last week, or you heard about it, you signed up, and you're like, whoa, we're, we went five for five. I got all the way through Matthew, all right, and all those chapters in Genesis did it this week. How good is that? Check that box, all right? Listen, it would be so easy to settle into that box-checking mentality. Did it, did it. Did it, listen, and you can miss the experiencing God part that he calls you to. We said last week his word is alive. It is active, all right? And sometimes it is not confined to a box-checking mentality. And so last week as a part of the time, I laid out for you a simple acronym, TASTE, T-A-S-T-E, and how you can take that real simple, five steps in a personal way, and apply that in your time with God so that you not only read and get it done, but that you experience. And so last week, man, if you missed it, I know I just kind of give you a a four-minute recap, but last week, if you missed, go on our website, watch it, listen to the podcast, allow that, man, to encourage you to not just read, that's good, but to experience God. Now, if you have a copy of Scripture today, go to Matthew 17. Matthew chapter 17. As you turn there, here's what's going to happen. Today, we're going to go through a second way that God in his word will call us to experience him, not just know about, but to experience him. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a teaching that has impacted me. It's impacted our staff team. And today, man, I've been praying in a really, really uh, real way that God would use this teaching to impact you as we lean in and try to taste and see and experience God. Now, let's start the discussion with this question right here. Have you ever wondered why sometimes you pray, but it doesn't feel like your prayers get answered? You ever prayed and felt like your prayers didn't like get through to God? You ever been in, in a season of your life um, where there, you just felt like there was disconnection between you and God? Something wasn't like fully right. Like you're like, I think I'm a Christian, but I don't, I don't know that we're connected, all right? 
chances are all of us have been there at some point or are there right now. Now, what I want to do today is I want to show you a story from Scripture, Matthew 17, where this happens. And Jesus talks about it, and ultimately Jesus gives a solution to it. So look with me, Matthew 17. Uh, we'll pick up in verse 14. Here's what we read. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, the man said. He has seizures, and he's suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water, and I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Verse 16, let's stop there. Here's the dilemma. This father has a son who is sick. He's brought him to the disciples, all right, to try to find healing, but it wouldn't work. The disciples could not heal him. Now, listen, that was a little out of the ordinary for the disciples. Jesus had released some power to them, all right, to help heal people. And it had happened. But in this moment, nah, -uh, it's not happening. And so Jesus begins to speak into this moment about what could potentially be a problem. Pick up with me in verse 17, Matthew 17, 17. It says this, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Now, I want you to read that phrase with me from the screen. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus said, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? He says, bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Now, in Matthew 17, Jesus used two words. You said them with me just a moment ago. Two words that diagnose the problem that we see in Matthew 17. Those words are unbelieving and perverse. Write those words down. Unbelieving and perverse. Now, I want to kind of define these all right, in a, in a very simple way today to help us make this connection of what God might be calling us to as we taste and see and experience Him. Okay? Here's a simple definition for unbelieving. Unbelieving means not connected to God. Unbelieving is not connected to God. It means you have disconnected from God. It means you're not living in an intimate, faith-filled relationship with God. You may be going to church. All right? You may be sitting in life group but you're, you are not really connected to him. That original relationship, that connectivity, all right, something's happened and you, you've been disconnected from him. Jesus is saying, if you were closer to me, all right, you would be believing, but because you become disconnected, you are now unbelieving. And unbelieving for us today, we understand is not connected to God. Now there's a second word he used. It was the word perverse. Here's our definition for perverse today. is too connected to the world. Too connected to the world. While you are unbelieving because you're disconnected from God, you are perverse because you're too connected to the world. This means you are too connected to worldly things that are deluding or polluting your relationship with God. And the reality is, guys, we live in a world even today, just like in this day, where there's so many pursuits and pleasures and temptations and things of the world that can, man, they can slide in just so subtly and they pull our attention and our affection away from the purposes that God has created us for. And, and it causes us to get too connected to things of this world. Jesus says you're perverse because you're too connected to the world. So Jesus lays this problem. What does he see, say? He says you're, you're disconnected, you're not connected enough, and you're too connected. In other words, we got a connection problem. So here's the question as we begin to apply this to our life. How often could we say that is true of us? How often could you say that is true of you? As a husband, as a mom, as a 
junior high or high school student, okay, we, we become, right, we become disconnected from God. Maybe you stop coming to the Sunday gathering as much, or you check out on life group for a season, or you kind of neglect your Bible time with God, or you, you really pray before the meals, but that's really the only communication with God. Whatever that looks like, you become disconnected from God. And you know what I've seen happen so often, because it's happened in my own life as well? In that same season, watch this, in that same season, you, become, you can become too connected to the world, okay? Pleasures, temptations, pursuits, gains, achievements of the world that can just real subtly pull you in and you become too connected to them, all right? Listen, sometimes it can be good things. It can be good things. But when a good thing takes the place of God, it's no longer a good thing. And we become too connected to the world. And so Jesus says here, he says, hey, you, you've got a connection problem. Now, I'm, I'm going to intentionally not going to give you examples of what those things might be in the world that you might get too connected to, because today, I don't want that to be my job. I want that to be the Holy Spirit's job in you, All right? Part of you preparing to experience God is you asking God, is there a place where I'm not connected to you enough? And listen, the power of his Holy Spirit will come into your life and will convict you. Not condemn, that's the work of the devil, right? But he'll convict you as you pray. God, like, as a mom, as a husband, like, am I, am I living in real connected relationship to you? You probably know, but, but God says, hey, pray that to me. Ask, am I tasting, am I seeing, experience? am I just a know-about relationship, or am I in an experienced relationship? And as we pray, God, am I, am I connected to you? We also have to pray and ask this, all right, and allow God's spirit to speak into us. God, are there things I'm too connected to of the world? Like, are there, are there things that have just latched on to my mind and my heart, maybe good things from work, family, life, culture, that have just become so connected to me that they pulled me away from who you want me to be? Things I'm watching, listening to, things I'm a, a part of, things I crave that have disconnected me from you. And so you pray, God, reveal where I'm disconnected, reveal what I'm connected to, and what you may find is that you go, man, maybe I'm like Matthew 17. I'm, I'm unbelieving and perverse in many ways. And Jesus in this passage not only presents the problem that many of us deal with, but he also presents a, a solution. And so look with me, Matthew 17, let's pick up verse 19. Then Jesus' disciples, they come to Jesus in private, right? They came in private because they tried to do the healing thing, didn't work, and they were like, hey, Jesus, we're kind of ashamed. And Jesus replies, he, or they asked, they said, why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And then Jesus adds this phrase, okay? Maybe a footnote in your Bible, many translations, you've got it already printed. Here's what he says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So Jesus listed, remember two problems, unbelieving, perverse. And he presents two solutions, prayer and fasting, all right? Let's give these some things some simple definitions today. Prayer, write this down, prayer connects us to God. Prayer connects us to God. Prayer brings you into a closer, more intimate relationship with God. Why? Because the more time you spend with someone or something, the greater your confidence in that thing grows. It just happens. The less time you spend with someone or something, the, the more your confidence 
wings all right, in that relationship. It's, for instance, um, man, our staff team here at The Exchange, the more time we spend together sharing life, doing ministry together, planning together, okay, the more confidence we have in one another. It's the same thing in your marriage, in mine, with my wife, with my kids, with my friends, with you. The more we share in time together, all right, the deeper that intimacy grows, the confidence, the trust. Time has this way of making our confidence rise. Now, here's the mistake that we make, is that we believe that prayer is just another religious motion, all right? We do it to check the box to make God happy to turn in the time. And Jesus is saying here, no, prayer is not, hey, make sure you get the right amount of time, but prayer is, hey, are you connecting to me? And when we begin to pray, here's what happens. The more time, the deeper that relationship grows, watch what happens. We move from unbelieving to believing, because the confidence rises. And I would dare say today that there's not a single person listening today who, who it's not true that like you couldn't afford a little more time in your life to connect with God through prayer, myself included. Right? There have been many moments, many seasons of my life where God calls me on the carpet about my prayer life with him. He goes like, do you, do you even know I'm still here? Like, could I get more than a blessing over lunch? Right? And in those moments, he, he recalibrates me to connect with him like he designed through prayer. And when that happens, do you know what happens? The deeper the intimacy grows, the more confidence and trust the relationship has. Prayer connects us to God. Unbelieving means we're disconnected from him. So therefore, prayer connects us to God. The second problem Jesus said is this, we are perverse, meaning we're too connected to the world. So to combat that, he says what? Prayer and fasting. Here's what fasting does. Fasting disconnects us from the world. While prayer connects us to God, fasting disconnects us from the world. Now, while fasting is talked about in Scripture, we could probably say today that fasting is one of the least known um, disciplines in the church or in Scripture. Chances are you've heard of it before. Maybe some of you have walked in that before. But today, there's a lot of us here listening, and so maybe for you, like, there's a lot of different thoughts about what fasting is. Why would I do that? Why is it important? What does it even look like? And so I want, I want to kind of lay out some things for us together to walk in unity in what God's saying here. Now, first, let's make this clear, okay? Fasting is not punishing yourself because God wants you to suffer, Okay? Fasting is not punishing yourself. It's not punishment from God. It's not, God's not calling you to intentional suffering, but he is calling you to intentionally disconnect from things of the world. He is that. And part of you growing in Christ's likeness follower of Jesus is you identifying things in your life that you've gotten too attached to and saying, God, am I too connected to this? And God... Do I, need to, do I need to pull away for a season to redirect my focus to you? Man, it's, it's so easy for it to happen. And sometimes, man, it just, it just creeps in without us ever realizing it. And sometimes it can be those good things, but the good things take the place of God and they're not good anymore. And so Jesus says, hey, listen, you get too connected to the world. It happens to all of us. And so he says, through fasting, it's a way that I've given you to disconnect from the world. Last January, as we began 2019 together, um, our staff team at that time, um, eight 
members and our spouses, man, felt like God was calling us to do something together um, that we had never done before. Uh, we felt like God was calling us together to walk in 21 days of prayer and fasting to prepare ourselves as we led you on the exchange family and all that God is doing through us here in our city um, to begin 2019. And so, man, it was a challenge, but we leaned into it and, and our team disconnected from a number of different things that we felt that we'd gotten too connected to in that season. And I'll, I'll be real with you, like it was, it was a challenging 21 days, it was, but it was a powerful, powerful time where God spoke and God did some things and he brought us into deeper intimacy with him, right, that ultimately has birthed some things that are still happening today including this series. What God began 12 months ago in a few people, today, man, we're, we're, we're leaning into together as a spiritual family. And I'll tell you, like in those days together, in those 21 days, we prayed, all right, as we connected to God, disconnected from the world, we prayed for some very specific things. I'll, I'll tell you what those things were. We, we prayed for two big objectives, goals that we had for our spiritual family last year in 2019. One of those was what we called expand our people. We pray that God would expand you, our people, spiritually, that we would grow in depth. And as we end 2019, I'm, I'm here to tell you that, man, we ended the year um, with more people connected to more life groups than ever before in history so that they might connect with God and connect with others. We introduced last year something called life-to-life -life learning where we had some people jump in to deeper spiritual accountability. We had many people, dozens of people, grow in their understanding of their, their resources, their finances, to trust God and to be generous in that number of other ways that God answered. As we connected to him, he met us in that, and he says, I'm answering your connection to me. We prayed for another thing. We prayed that God would expand our walls, right? It's not a secret. We're out of space, okay? We got hundreds of people crammed in a little... 11,000 square foot shopping center here. And we've been praying that God would move us out. Now, we, we don't have the next space yet. We're still meeting at 417 North Bremen Road. But what you don't understand, what you may not know, is that across the course of the last 12 months, God created some conversations and some connections with people, key people here in our city, all right, on a level that we'd never had before. We feel like he began setting the table. God expanded our resources a little bit more to help us prepare for whenever that time happens. And God also expanded our vision so that we might understand more clearly what we think God wants us to do with our facilities as we move forward. God answered again. He expanded our people. He expanded our wall. We prayed for two more things. We prayed that God would fill some leadership staff positions that we had walking into 2019. Guess what? He answered again. He showed up. He only gave us two people. He ultimately gave us three in the form of, of Matthew Stevens and Amanda Lyle and now Sherilyn Marks, who are joining our staff team. God, again, met us, and he showed his provision. We prayed for a fourth thing, and we prayed that God might stir, that he might bring about true and real life change in our spiritual family. And I'm here to tell you that for 48 out of 51 Sundays that we gathered in 2019, at least one person, if not many people, every single Sunday, took a step of faith, of salvation, of life change because of what God did in our family. And what I'm telling you is that's not normal, church. That's not normal. Some of you remember that for 
a week leading into Easter of last year, right? We challenged you, we invited some of you in to pray and to fast that God would do some really special things in our family during the kind of Easter weekend series. And, and like, we, we got a little crazy. I mean, it was honestly a little ridiculous. We, we prayed, some of us prayed that God might send a thousand people to a little shopping center, okay, behind the Trustmark Bank, Pearl, Mississippi. We we're like, God, you could do it if you wanted to. I'm here to tell you that across Easter weekend, we gathered five different times, Saturday and Sunday, and 1,003 people showed up to a little shopping center, Pearl, Mississippi, to hear about the hope and the truth of Jesus. What I'm saying to you, church, is our God wants us to taste and see and experience him, and I cannot explain it to you other than to say, I believe that we are trying, not perfectly, but we are trying to lean in and be obedient to the work of God's Spirit in our family. And when we do, sometimes He meets us in ways that we never could have imagined. What I say to you is, my prayer for you is that you would experience that personally. You, you, you could experience that. So I told you last week, today I'm kind of officially telling you that starting tomorrow, Monday, January 13th, we're going to start a 21-day journey together to not just know about, but to taste and to see and to experience God. We're going to do that together through 21 days of prayer and of fasting. Some of you have never done that before. Maybe God's calling you to a deeper level of knowing him. And so starting tomorrow morning, Monday, January 13th, through lunch on Sunday, February the 2nd, we're going to take on the challenge. And some of you are going, Ooh, uh -uh. listen to me. Some of you are going, man, that's a really long time. And to you, I would say, do you really want to know how good our God is? So we're not going to force anybody into anything. Man, it's, it's just an invitation. That's it, all right? And some of you, I know at this point, you're, you're really skeptical, okay? Can I just, man, in a really loving, graceful way, just say to you, just try it. Just, just taste and just, just see. If he might really be true to what he says. Just taste and see. So I want to kind of tell you, what does that look like? Why, why is that important? What does it mean? I realize for some of you, that idea of fasting, you're like, we're not about to eat for 21 whole days, okay? You, you are a lunatic. We're walking out right now, okay? We're going to lunch. <laughs> Hate you can't join us, all right? I want to lay out some things for you, okay, that make this a little more clear, all right? And allow you to go, God, are you calling me into this? Okay. So I want to give you some verses just to lay a foundation. Then I'm going to get a little teacher on you, all right, and kind of explain some things to you. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 and 15. I just encourage you, read it on the screen. You can write these references down if you want to. Uh, Matthew 9, 14, John's disciples, those following John, came and asked Jesus, how is it that we and the Pharisees, we're fasting often, but Jesus, your disciples, they're not fasting. Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? 
The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Here's what's happening. John's followers go up to Jesus, and they're like, how come your boys ain't fasting? And Jesus says, because I'm still here. All right? He says, I'm leaving, and when I leave, that's going to be one of the ways I want them to connect with me. And Jesus condones. He says, man, I want my church, my followers to disconnect from the world sometimes so they can get connected to me. Acts 13 verse 2 says this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, okay, this is the original church, worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, hey, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Here's the picture. Church is worshiping, fasting, praying together, walking in this together. In the midst of that, God gives them this vision. They're like, hey, you could send out these guys, go help take the gospel further out. And they're like, yeah, right on with that. And so they send these guys out. Okay. One more verse, just a part of it. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. This is Paul writing. And I'll give you a snippet of what Paul says. He says about his journey. He says, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst. And don't miss this. In fastings often. Here's what Paul says. Man, part of his intimacy with God, his relationship with God, his connectedness to God meant that he had to fast often. He needed to connect with God and disconnect from the world. The problem is unbelieving and perverse. The answer that Jesus presents is to connect with me through prayer and through fasting. God says, you can, you, you can taste and see and experience me. Now, I want to kind of teach you something real quick that helps this make even more sense, okay? You and I were created as triune beings, which means that you and I are the only part of creation that has three parts to us, body, soul, and spirit, right? There are parts of creation that have one part. A tree has what? A body, all right? It feels nothing. There is no spirit. It's a tree, all right? There's some parts of creation that have, have two parts. They have body and they have soul, all right, or emotions, your dog, for instance, okay, it has a body, all right? Some of them more hairy than others. And when you come home from work, what happens with your dog? That tail, just, man, just beat that wall, does it not, all right? Why? Because it gets so fired up that you're there. It's emotions rise. It is body. It is soul, all right? I hate to break your heart. Maybe for some of you, your, your dog, your pet does not have a spirit, okay? Do dogs go to heaven when they die? I don't know. Okay? I know cats don't, all right? I'm not. <laughs> I knew that might register. Okay? Listen to me. You and I were created as triune beings. We are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. I want you to see how this plays out in this connectivity to God and this connection problem because it's so important, okay? I want to outline each one of these. Follow me, take notes on this. Body does this. Body connects you to yourself. Your body allows you to be self-aware, to be self-conscious. You feel pain, all right? You feel hunger. You feel lust. You feel greed. When you're sick, your body going to let you know you're sick. Okay, body keeps us connected to self in this, in this temporary tent that scripture calls it that we're in. Body keeps us connected to self. So listen, if your perversion, if your struggle is with bodily things, all right, then listen, your fasting should probably be from bodily things. You with me? That's why for so many people, fasting is, is defined by 
doing without food because that's one of the easiest and best ways, clearest ways to bring our body into submission. Okay? Body connects you to self. Soul connects you to others. Soul connects you to others. Your soul all right, reminds you that you were not designed to do life alone. Like we say that a lot. Your relationship, community with others, it matters for your life. Your soul proves that others can play on your emotions. They can make you happier. They can make you sad. They can make you feel like you belong. It's seen in your emotions, and your emotions are connected to your interactions with others. So hear this. If your struggle today, all right, as you're listening to the Holy Spirit, even right now, if your struggle is with emotional things and connectivity, then hear this. All right, That means your fasting perhaps should be a soul fast to disconnect from those things. Okay? We are body that connects us to self, soul that connects us to others, and finally we are spirit that connects us to God. That's what allows you to know him intimately, to hear from his word. Now, as you see all three of those, do not miss this. Here's the truth, body, soul, spirit. For every single one of us in the room right now, one of those is the strongest in you. Body, soul, or spirit. One of those is the strongest in you, and here's what happens as a result of that. Here it is. Whatever one is the strongest will dominate the other two. It will dominate the other two. For instance, okay, if soul or emotions are strongest in you, all right, it will will dominate you. It will rule you, okay? Let's say in depression, in anxiety, okay, if soul and emotions rise to the top, they will say, forget you, body and spirit. Emotions are what's reigning in me today. And we experience that when soul is strongest. When when body is strongest, it will say, forget you, soul and spirit. And body will reign. And guess who you will answer to? Body. And as a result of that, you'll sleep with who you want to. You'll eat what you want. You'll drink what you want. You'll do whatever you you can to satisfy body. Okay? With no regard to how you feel. Even though many times it leaves us feeling crummy. Whatever part is the strongest, it will dominate and reign over the other two. And so the goal is what? The goal is for the spirit to be in charge. In fact, that's what Paul says, a powerful whole chapter, Romans chapter 8. He talks about being a spirit-led person. I want to show you two verses, okay? Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. Just write these down. Look at them on the screen. He says, those who live according to the flesh or the body, they've made their minds. They've set them on what the flesh desires, But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. And look at that guy's life. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Who doesn't want that? Paul says, here's how you become, it's Spirit-led life. The person who's controlled by the Spirit does not allow body and soul to win. Remember what strongest will dominate. Here's the good news. Through this experience, through this call to fasting, watch what happens. It's a two-for-one deal. You weaken body and soul, and you strengthen spirit all at the same time. Why? Because prayer connects us to God and strengthens spirit, and fasting weakens body and soul and disconnects us from the world. And God says, you can experience me. The goal is for spirit to reign. That's where life and peace is found. And when the spirit is strongest in you, dad, in you, 
high school and junior high student, and you single parent, when the spirit is strongest in you, you begin to taste and see and experience God. So tomorrow, it starts. Here we go. All right? We're going to taste and see and experience him. Now, I want to give you in our final couple of minutes three things to do to prepare yourself between right now and tomorrow morning. Okay? Three things that I believe will help you right, in preparing yourself perhaps for 21 days of prayer and fasting. First one is this. Set an objective. Okay? Set an objective. I believe it's good for you to think about, God, what are some things that you might want to accomplish in my life during these 21 days together? So I set an objective. Okay, I'm going to give you some examples, some things that you might say, hey, like I, I think that could be important. That may be some things God wants to do in me. And, and so man, let these maybe inspire you. They don't have to be where you go. But you could set this objective, to set the objective to declare dependence on God in your life to declare dependence on God. You can say, God, you get the first of my year. I know we're 13 days in, but you get the first of my year. You get my first, my best. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that daily I'm dependent on you. I need that. You might set for yourself an objective of asking for forgiveness. Can we just be real for a second? Okay, we just last like holidays, Christmas, December. December all right, is the most self-indulgent month of the whole year. We spend more, eat more, all that more than any other month of the whole year, right? It's the worst body and soul month of the year, whether it hits your bank account or hits your emotions, right? And some of you, maybe you're still recovering from that, or maybe it's something totally different that you've been battling, maybe personally, maybe nobody else knows about, maybe it's in your marriage, and you need to spend 21 days. A part of that objective needs to be asking for forgiveness, Scripture says our God's faithful and just, and he'll forgive us and he'll cleanse us. Maybe that's an objective for you. A third thing could be refocusing on the eternal. And maybe just for 21 days, like God wants you to just like lift your eyes, as Colossians says, to what matters, what's eternal. Can I just be real with you? Like it, this, it's so easy. It is so subtle. Like within 30 minutes or 15 minutes of you walking out those doors today, right, this could happen to you where you get focused on the temporary. And it's so, like Monday will tell you that all of that out there is what life is all about. Okay? And yes, there's some things that you have to manage and steward, but can I, just, can I just tell us, remind us this morning, all of that is not what it's all about. It'll all go away. It will. And I have to remind myself of that quite, quite frequently. Maybe for you, it's a refocus on the eternal, okay? Another thing, maybe your objective is invite the presence of God in your life. Maybe you've you kind of been like a closed door, and you need to spend part of your 21 days going like, God, I've been living for my plans and my purposes and what I wanted to do and what I thought worked. And I mean, I said I knew you, but like, you ain't a part of me. And so maybe part of that is you opening up yourself to go like, God, I invite you in. I want to hear from you. I want to know you intimately, okay? And a final thing Objective could be this. Part of it could be as you, as you pray, as you connect with God, believing God for answers to some specific needs. I believe that God may want you to not just experience him, but I believe God may want to show you perhaps in some ways his power and his provision in ways that you never thought he could. I believe it could happen. And so to kind of help you, not just like do without, but to help you connect 
um, on our website. We're going to put a web address up behind me. I mean, we've got what's just a little simple 21-day prayer journal. Okay, you can go on there, see it on your phone, tablet, whatever. You can download it if you want to. Um, you, don't, you don't have to pray all those things. It's just some things to help you if you're going like, I don't even know where to start. Okay? It's some very simple steps to help you know where to start. So you can go to that web address right there and, and just download it, get it on your phone today to encourage you. Okay? So first, what do we do? We, we set an objective. Here's the second thing. All right, this is pretty practical. You decide what type of fast you will do. You know, there's other kinds I could do. Yeah, okay. Decide what type of fast you'll do. Some people, all right, it's a liquid-only fast. And maybe you feel challenged in that way. For some of you, maybe it's a selective fast where there's, there's certain foods, all right, that you're going to do without, okay? Maybe it's just like, man, it's fruits and vegetables. That's it. That's, that's all, man. I'm, I'm disconnecting from those other things to put my body in submission. Maybe it's a, it's a partial fast where there's part of the day, good part of the day where you're doing without to end those moments, disconnect and reconnect. For some of you, um, it's a soul fast. Like it's, it's turning off social media, it's disconnecting from TV, Netflix, whatever, whatever that thing is. Maybe it's a relationship that's, that's like, it's pulling on your soul and soul is dominating right now. God's saying, hey, I'm calling you to disconnect for 21 days to connect with me, okay? So we set an objective, decide what type of fast we'll do. And then the third thing is this. All right. Oh, and one more thing real quick on that. If you want to know more about the different types of fasting, you saw the slide behind me, okay? You can text the word fasting, F-A-S-T-I-N-G, to our number. It's going to give you a link. That link will just kind of further expand on what I just talked about for a second, okay? Just to help you, all right? Here's the last objective is number three. Expect God to move. Expect God to move. I don't think that God created you and he called you for you to just know some stories about him and do the 60-minute thing on Sundays. I think he created you, and I think he called you so that you could experience him. I do. I think he wants a relationship with you, and when you fast, you're preparing yourself to experience God. I've heard it said that we do not fast to try to move God but we fast so that God can move us. And I believe, maybe, he wants to move in you and through you. If you might, taste, and see, and experience him. Ever feel like there's disconnection between you and God when you pray, when you read, when you show up? Ever feel like maybe he doesn't hear you or you're not hearing him. Could be because you got a connection problem. You're too connected to the world and disconnected from God. And Jesus says, don't live unbelieving and perverse. But instead, taste, see, and experience the goodness of who I am. Thanks again for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange or to find out how you can connect with or support what God is doing, visit www.theexchange.cc. Now go, be the church, and give life.